How's it going, Rami? Good. Happy Tuesday to you. Back at you, buddy. Ah, I love it. I'm a bit phlegmy. That's what, yeah. Good to know, I guess. Simone just made the face of, why the hell would you say that? So and why do I need gross. to Because I was clearing my throat before we turned the mics on. I thought Jesus. that's why you were asking how I was doing. I thought that's why you were asking. So you've brought sickness into the workspace? No, just, Let's not you know, go there. Okay. You know. Let's just, not, uh, let's one not one speak one it those, into existence. One of those days. No, I feel great. Got in a workout I today. I feel great. Back and shoulders today. I mean, I'm I'm set to go to Tahoe this weekend. Let's not let's not oh, really? speak that into existence. I'm yes. off to uh, Los Angeles and uh, San Diego. San Diego, yes, sir. Very nice. Yes. Happy for you. Thank you. Hope it goes well. My first time. Should be a fun trip. My first time to Southern California. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. As always, we appreciate you on this Tuesday, Sacktown Sports. Let's start with the obvious, the obligatory finals talk because the Nuggets breaking news. Won the championship what? last night. I know. I know. And first, let's give love to JJ because we did our series predictions. I said Nuggets and six. You said Nuggets and seven. I forget what Simone picked. Simone, what'd you nuggets pick? Nuggets and six. Simone copied me. And then JJ, JJ came through and said, I'm thinking gentleman's sweep. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Gentleman's sweep. So congratulations to JJ. He nuggets called it and Nuggets five. and five. Thank you. Uh, it ended up being Nuggets and five. But Miami did not go quietly. They fought. That game last night was an absolute fist fight until the end. That was ugly at the end. Here was Bam Adebayo in the post game. So for me, man, it, it was a joy to get this far and uh, have these type of guys undrafted fighting to make a name for themselves. And uh, they fought to the finals. Uh, came up short, but I don't care what anybody says. Uh, you can never count these guys out. So, Bam feeling good about his team, even though they lost in five. Here was Coach Spo on his guys in that game last night. There's no regrets on our end. You know, there's just some times where you get beat. And Denver was the better basketball team in this series. Rami, your take. It was, it was a, a hell of an effort by the Miami Heat. And, and it, was, it was a harder fought five than, than you'll find most five-game series to be. I know that... I'm I'm gonna say I won't even remember that. You know what I mean? Like in in two years, maybe a year from now, I'll still remember it. But two years from now, if you ask me like about the fight that the Heat put up in the NBA Finals, I'll probably roll my eyes and go, I barely remember that, dude. They lost. What do you? It was five. It was a five game series, and they lost. You know what I mean? But as as I'm sitting here today, it felt like a harder fought five than than you'll usually get. I love Bam Adebayo's perspective, and and he's sort of had that perspective throughout this series when things have gone wrong. He's like, guys, this is not hard. Like, my mom worked three jobs to support us, and we were almost homeless. Like, that's hard. Right. I'm playing basketball. This is fun. And straight through the loss, he's saying, look, it was a great ride, and I had, and, and and I appreciate and have enjoyed every minute of the ride. I love that perspective from, from Bam Adebayo, and I love the tenacity of that Heat team. But bottom line, Nick – they just ran out of gas. They just ran out of steam. Everybody on that well, no, I can't. I guess I can't say everybody, but a lot of guys on that roster, from starting with Jimmy Butler, were playing above their heads for for a good portion of the playoffs, and they were hoping. Heat fans were hoping. I guess I, I didn't really have a dog in the fight or rooting interest. I like Jimmy Butler, and I like an underdog, so. If you asked me, I preferred the Heat win this series, but I didn't really care who won. I just wanted 
a good series. But if you were a Heat fan or or a member of the Heat, you were just hoping that the regression to the mean, the cool off, right, didn't happen during the NBA Finals. Yeah, and unfortunately for them. It did. There, there was the law of averages was working against them. Eventually, they were coming back down to earth. And I don't say that to be demeaning or insulting. That's just the reality of it. And it happened against the Denver Nuggets. Who, yeah, they're the best team in the NBA. I mean, look, it, it was the reality. Again, the Miami Heat. They ended up going two and seven over the last nine postseason games. They hit the wall. They hit the wall. They lost three out of four to Boston before that game seven. You could argue that Boston hit the wall in game seven after winning three straight and having to put as much energy and effort into that as they did. And then the game two moment was nice. But all in all, Denver was better. Denver was the better team. They're more talented. Uh, They're deeper right now. They're bigger. They're just better than Miami. And it's as simple as that. In playoff, Jimmy especially ran out of gas. Beginning in that Boston series, he was not the same guy as the playoffs went along because there was so much asked of him because there were so many guys that were you know banged up or, or trying to play above their pay grade, so to speak. It fell on Jimmy, and Jimmy, towards the end here, the last seven, eight games, wasn't the same guy. My takeaway— Two field goals going into the yeah, fourth awful. quarter, Nick. Two field goals going into the fourth quarter. It was awful. He was like two for 11 or two for 12 until the final five minutes of that game. My my takeaway was Denver won the ultimate Miami game last night. If you were to paint a picture for Miami of how that game was going to go, that's precisely what Miami would have wanted. They would have loved the idea of Denver turning the basketball over 14 times. Wait, 14 turnovers? I think they had 10 in the first half. Yeah, we'll take that. 10 turnovers in the first half, we'll have a 10 to 15 point lead. They didn't. It was about seven, right, at halftime, which hurt them. Denver shot five of 28 from three-point land. That's just a skosh under 18% from three. Miami would take that every day of the week. So you're telling me the team's going to actually lose the turnover battle? They're going to shoot under 18% from three? We like our chances. Oh, wait, Denver shot 13 of 23 from the free throw line? We like our chances. Miami had a golden opportunity to extend this series last night to six games, yep. and they just couldn't do it. And they couldn't do it by the end of the game, not because just they ran out of gas, but I give Denver credit as well because Denver's defense stepped up. It wasn't Denver's offense who won that game last night. Denver's fourth-quarter defense turned that game around and allowed Denver to hang around just enough, even though they were turning the basketball over, couldn't throw it into the ocean from three or the free-throw line. They were able to withstand things because they kept playing defense, especially in that fourth, turning over Miami and playing hard in that second they half. They couldn't find a basket to start the fourth quarter, and but they kept getting stops. Too. Right. And, I mean, I guess, I guess you could say the same for Miami. Both teams were just dogged with their defense in that fourth quarter before finally – the the nuggets broke through and 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 then the the you know the dam sort of broke and 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 it started to flow and and it was they never looked back but it both those teams were just playing just crazy crazy defense to to start that fourth quarter nick i was telling whitey and watkins in the crosstalk it seemed like I don't know, seven, eight, maybe ten minutes of real time. Not not clock time, but seven, eight, ten minutes where neither team scored. Oh, first when quarter was, was the same way. The first like the first six, seven minutes of the first quarter was brutal. It, it it really it really was. But I I I think it was it was a little bit of sloppiness, but I think it was some of that was caused by good defense. Both those teams, 
I think the the Nuggets smelled the championship. Yeah, and the Heat were a little bit desperate. Both those teams turned it up a little bit in yesterday's game, and and you saw it in the ninety four eighty nine final score. Also, want to shout out Michael Malone because I thought he was really good during this postseason. He was good in this series, and he was good last night. Late sub that might have gone overlooked. In the final couple of minutes of that game, he subs back in Bruce Brown. Brown gets a huge offensive rebound and put back. Then he knocks down gigantic free throws to seal the deal. That was a clutch substitution from Michael Malone late in that game. And Eric Spolstra, who outclassed every coach pretty much up until the finals, he had a little bit tougher of a time against... Michael Malone, and, and you also have to say it's because Malone has a really good team as well. Again, Denver is incredibly talented. Jokic and Murray speaks for themselves. MPJ last night was finally, finally visible to all of us watching this series after being pretty bad the first three, four games. He showed up last night, so I just thought Denver won the prototypical Miami game. Miami usually wins games like that last night. Yeah, if I told you the final score was 94 to 89, you'd, you'd think Miami won. Right. Like if you just woke up from a one-day coma and I told you the final score in game five was 94 89, you'd say when is game six. Right. That's what you'd be asking me. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. That, that's, <laughs> Low scoring game like that? That's what we would think. That's what we would think. And uh, that's not what happened. So give credit to Denver. Not only the more talented team, they proved their toughness physically and mentally last night. Battled back, won the fist fight in a phone booth, won the NBA championship. Your thoughts on the series? Uh, 916-339-1140 is the text line. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. Hit us up at YouTube, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. And when you swing on by the YouTube channel, of course, Give us that thumbs up. We always appreciate the likes. More likes means more eyeballs. All right. We'll have your reaction. We'll also have uh, some A's news for you. And where do the Kings land in the 2024 championship odds? All of that in 90 seconds. Cattles and Robbie. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. I'm going to warn y'all. This is gross. What? Gross news. Disappointing. Not surprising. Is this about me being flummy? If you were listening to uh, the show. No? No. Oh. I was going to say, no need to remind people. It makes me angry on several different levels what I'm going to tell you. Uh, First, I will tell you this. That the bill proposing up to $380 million in public funding for a new Las Vegas baseball stadium for the A's cleared its first legislative hurdle. Today. Oh. Passed out of the Senate committee. 12 7 was the vote. So, John Fisher, Major League Baseball, one step closer to the ultimate heist, robbing Vegas, robbing Nevada, screwing over Oakland and all athletics fans, one big step closer to their ultimate goal, which is gross. I'm also angry because on Friday, I said during On the Record, that this would happen yesterday. Ooh. And I'm mad because oh. in typical political fashion, Ooh. it dragged an extra day or so, and it passed today. That's on you, man, to think that something in government would happen mm. quickly. I should you have said it mean? would pass this week. <laughs> yeah, you should have said it would pass this summer, <sighs> really, when you a think about it. A day late and a dollar short. You hate to see it. So this is awful, Rami. Yeah, that stings. Yeah, congratulations, John Fisher. Woo, Dave Cavill. 
Uh, this is what, like one of the things that I can't stand. We we had a great time joking about the Nevada State Legislature going. I said after. this last week when we were laughing about it. I was like, "This is this is sweet right now. I'm enjoying the taste of this right now." But in the end, wealthy people always come out on top. They're gonna they're gonna get what they want because America. You know, that's well, this is what happens with politics roll, too. Baby. What happens yeah. with politics is all of those politicians, and I, I don't know who voted for or against. So. It's obviously possible, if not probable, that some of those people that are in the state Senate that went after Cavill and the Oakland A's voted against this. But this is what happens. You have some of the people that are fighting whatever it is, and the TVs are on, right? Mm-hmm. The cameras are on. Yeah, they'll put on a show. Yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna put on the show. They're going to embarrass people because they're going to pump out their chest and say, look at us, look at us, right? And so all of that was fun. And it was fun watching the humiliation, but the inevitable happened. And the inevitable is that this passes. And now the A's and John Fisher are one step closer to being in Vegas. So, uh, yeah, that it was stinks. It was cool to watch him squirm, but I was never, I was never all that confident that this that this wouldn't happen. And even, I, even if this didn't happen, they were going somewhere. They, they were dead set. And when I say they, I don't just mean John Fisher and the A's. I mean Major League Baseball is dead set on getting the A's out of Oakland. So if it wasn't Vegas, it was going to be someplace else. They've been trying to do this for 20 years, man. Yeah. If they wanted to be in Oakland, they could have been in Oakland or somewhere in Northern California. They want out. They want out. Major League Baseball wants out. Major League Baseball is an embarrassment. Yes. And John Fisher is a bigger embarrassment. Fight me, Rob Manfred. And let that, you know, look. Meet me in the octagon, bro. Let him go to Vegas. Let him go to Vegas, John Fisher. And we'll see. We'll see if they can get average attendance, which is what they promised Vegas. Average attendance. 27,000 people they said they could get in there nightly. We'll see if they can do it. And I'm just never, I'm, I'm not sure if the politicians, it's probably a mix of both, are dumb enough to fall for the lies that John Fisher and the A's are selling them, or if they're somehow in on on you know on this whole on this whole scheme, if they're if they're getting a little bit of the juice too. I don't know how Fisher's Fisher's going to walk away with billions of dollars and taking a team away from Oakland in the Bay Area and uh, not really caring because business is going to be booming for him. Yeah. Everything's great. He's going to put his head fine. on the pillow oh, tonight. Yeah. He will be fantastic. He, his very expensive pillow. He will wake up eventually an even richer man and laugh at everybody. They're going to watch the reverse boycott tonight and probably laugh at the T-shirts. Look at all of you thousands of people, you minions that actually cared about this baseball team and actually showed up and actually wanted us to stay, not going to care a single solitary second for any of those people. He's going to laugh his ass way down to Vegas and say, I had it figured out the whole time. And the rich get richer. And the Oakland A's fans that love this team like J.J. and others, they lose their team because of it. And Major League Baseball, more than thrilled to help the pathway because now they get an organization in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it's Vegas, baby. Vegas is sexier to sell than selling Oakland. And that's what Major League Baseball wanted. That's what Fisher wanted. And that's what they're going to get. And we're going to open up this eventual bill that gets signed. And we're going to see all this extra money that goes to crap that politicians wanted to get through. 
like we always see. There's all these, you know, side deals and handshakes happening behind closed doors, and it's a big, it's a big laugh. Everybody loses here except for John Fisher and Major League. But like, Las Vegas is getting is getting grifted. The A's are losing their baseball team. The only people coming out coming out well in this is John Fisher and Major League Baseball. I I feel for Vegas today because I think they're getting a bum deal. Oh, to be quite jobbed. honest with you, yeah, getting jobbed. The kids' education and me- and mental health is going to suffer because the A's are coming to town with their twenty seven thousand people per game. It's gross. Good luck with that. Uh, meanwhile, reaction to the finals. Dwayne Baker says the Nuggets won, sure, but the Lakers, Knicks, Kyrie, CP3, Damon, talking about, uh, you know, what, what what's to come here. And, you know, he also mentions that Bam was the best player on the floor in the first half. He was. Bam was spectacular in the first half. I thought he didn't get enough touches in the second half, frankly. He fizzled in the second half. They too, didn't get though. him the ball enough. So that happened to him. He had two points on one of seven shooting and had uh, three rebounds. Yeah, in the last twenty in the last twenty four minutes. So Nuggets champions of the NBA this season, well deserved number one seed in the West. They really ran through the playoffs rather easily, got the job done in the finals in five games. And now we wonder uh, what is twenty twenty four shaping up to look like. We always get these odds immediately following immediately following a finals. We get the odds for the next season, and so fresh off of winning their first NBA championship. This should not surprise anybody. This is usually the case. The Nuggets are the betting favorites at Caesars Sportsbook for next season at plus 475. Uh, When you look at some others, second, the Celtics at plus 575. Then you've got the Bucks at plus 700. Then you have the Suns at plus 850. Those are the only teams that have uh, the single-digit odds. And the Warriors, Sixers, Lakers all sit at 12-1. to 1. No mention of the Kings here. So you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, at least 8 teams in front of the Kings. The Lakers in front of the Kings. I really, I don't... The Warriors and Suns in front of the Kings. I don't know how anybody can put odds on the Lakers. We have no idea what that roster looks like. Well, let's remember how Vegas works. True. Right? Yeah. They want a lot of people to fall in love with the idea of, oh, LeBron's last run, and throw a bunch of money on the Lakers so Vegas can take all of your money. I'm not saying the Lakers have no chance. I'm saying I don't know how you gauge the chance of a team when we don't know what their roster looks like. Well, you could, we could say that about a lot of those teams, though, right? But there I mean, are a lot of questions with the like in terms of the guys that helped them get there. How are the Bucks third? You tell me how the Bucks are third. Chris Middleton might be leaving. Oh, Chris Middleton. Lopez Chris is Middleton's likely a leaving. Player option, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think he's going. Lopez is is legit. Well, I mean, financially, Middleton opting out of that player option makes the most sense, especially on on a somewhat bum knee, according to reports. You don't know if Middleton's coming back. Lopez don't know if he's going to be back. Yeah, no, you're right. Drew, you could say they the just, same about the they Lakers. They just lost Budenholzer, right? So they'll have a rookie head coach, no matter how good they feel about Adrian Griffin. So, I mean, you look at some look at the Suns. What did the Suns do in the playoffs to well, tell the you they should you be know the Suns is in the top four or five? Booker and Durant. Yeah, KD. Can he get through a season? True. With his injury issues. True. I mean, so I think a lot of those, Golden State. Are you super jacked about Golden State if they bring back Draymond Green and keep Jordan Poole? Would you have them in your top five or six? Again, Vegas is not reality. They want you to bet on the stars. 
They want you to bet on LeBron. They want you to bet on KD. They want you to bet on Giannis. They want you to bet on the Warriors and the dynasty and the good feels that you have. They want you to believe that the 76ers didn't get there because of Doc Rivers. And without Harden, they might be better. So it's interesting, though. Again, top three, you got Nuggets, Celtics, Bucks, followed by the Suns, and then you've got the Warriors, 76ers, Lakers, all seen as pretty much the same team at 12-1. to 1. So hmm. we'll see. And no Kings in the top eight. No Kings in the top eight. Hmm. Not a sniff. All right. Not a sniff in the top eight. Real hating, man. That's like an art form. <laughs> Uh, is a superstar wide receiver wanting out? We'll have the latest next. We got some drama in the NFL, Rami. Yes, we do. Drama, 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 baby. Love it. So, uh, Stefan Diggs was not at mandatory minicamp today. He did not show up for practice. And uh, this got a lot of people talking. Got a lot of people wondering. The Twitterverse was a little bit on fire earlier today. And things did not calm down when Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, went to the podium and uh, had this to say about his wide receiver number one. Steph is not here. Um, Everybody else is here at the current time. How concerned are you about that? Oh, very concerned. Yeah, very concerned. So it's not a business. I'm not going to get into And listen, I respect everyone's everyone's questions and what they want to know about our team right now I'm just I'm not going to get into into that anymore so we'll talk about practice happy to do that happy to answer those questions um, and we'll move forward from there so McDermott not too thrilled then we had this from Mike Florio pro football talk Diggs agent Adissa Bakari told Adam Schefter that Diggs is in Buffalo he took a physical on Monday He met with McDermott and GM Brandon Bean. And he said that Diggs will be there for the entirety of minicamp. But again, he wasn't on the field today. Trying to figure out what in the world is happening. Josh Allen came out and discussed communicational breakdown. Allen also stood up and defended Diggs, which is smart to do when you're the star quarterback and your star receiver is upset about something. But there seems to be some kind of disconnect between Diggs's camp and the Bills. Remember, he was he was uh, not pleased on the sidelines last year in, in their playoff loss, and and after the game had had some not so nice things to say about the way that that game went. He showed that he was that he was not happy with the way things ended last year in Buffalo, Nick. But I don't, and and maybe Stephon Diggs just has a shelf life wherever it is that that he's playing football. There are plenty of guys like that and quite frankly, I'll take a guy like that on my team and I <laughs> and I will get the best out of that shelf life, but you got to know when to move on. The problem is I don't know contractually if they can move on. If that's something that the Bills want or if that's something Stefan Diggs wants, I don't know that they can that they can get out of this marriage right now. And I'm, and that's that's the real problem here. I'm glad you brought up the contract because that is the real problem. Field Yates tweeted out, in most cases of a player missing out on mandatory minicamp, the motivation is financially driven. Diggs signed a four year ninety six million dollar extension just last offseason. That puts him in line with top paid receivers. So this is not a money issue. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network tweeted out that twenty four point four million this year. And uh, that includes a $22.745 signing bonus, was part of a uh, March restructure 
for Diggs. He just got his money. And it's it's in line with top dollar at the wide receiver position. Yes. And so when you look at the financials and you try to figure out, is Diggs even quote-unquote tradable, Ian Rappaport was on the NFL Network earlier today and had more on Diggs being virtually untradable. First of all, let's get to the most important part. It is basically impossible for Stephon Diggs to not be on the Bills this season. So, like, sometimes we have drama where a player will want to be traded, want a new contract, want different things, and we'll say, like, and we've talked about it, like, Daniil Hunter, Buda Baker requested a trade. There's a couple of them. Stephon Diggs' contract, because of the way it's structured, is essentially untradeable, right? And he's also... Mm -hmm. You know, everything, I guess, could be money, but he's making $24 million this year based on the new $96 million deal he signed last year. So this doesn't feel to me like it's about the money because that is a whole lot of money. But there's definitely something. There's definitely something. Because your star receiver who's getting paid just fine, not being there at mandatory minicamp, and even if he was there yesterday and said hello... The fact that he sat down with the coach and the GM and then did not show up today, and then you have that same head coach sitting in front of the media today saying that he's very concerned, Yet there's obviously a big issue here. Now, can they get through it? Probably, but there's some drama. Yeah, what I would say to the agent is quit quit playing. Like, you you know what they mean when they say he's not at mandatory minicamp. The dude ain't practicing. Like, yeah, he might have walked in the building and took his physical and shook a few hands and said, nice to see you. How was your offseason? But the man wasn't practicing. Like, why, why are you playing games if you're his agent? Sean McDermott doesn't get in front of microphones and in front of all the media and talk about the fact that his star wide receiver didn't practice and, and that, he, that, that it is very, quote-unquote, very concerning that he didn't practice. We... It's pretty obvious what's going on here. The dude didn't show up to work. Like, that's that's the bottom line. You know what I mean? Don't play this game of semantics of, oh, no, he was he was there. Well, okay. Okay, fine. He was he was he was present in, at some at some place in the facility. He was there in physical he, form yes, for Stephon, an hour. Stephon Diggs was present. But you know what they mean when they say he wasn't at mandatory minicamp. That's. That's that I chuckled when I saw that that comment from his agent saying, "Oh no, he's in Buffalo. He's there. You know what we mean, man. You know, exactly. you know, he's he's hanging at his house. He's, you know he's exactly there. what we mean. He's he's in Buffalo. He certainly is. Is he in the facility? Well, maybe not so much, but he's in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs is a peculiar dude, though, man. I was in Minnesota when it when it fell apart between him and the Vikings, and it was to the point, Nick, where we had. We had the Stefan Diggs ominous tweet alert, which, oh, was, yeah. which was just me doing my impression of the EAS system, which we were told, <laughs> which we were told to stop playing because he it, had no issue putting <laughs> stuff on Front Street when he was in Minnesota, and, man. And all off, dude. People have been looking at Stefan Diggs tweets all off season, going, "What does this mean? What is exact? What exactly does this mean?" On May twenty eighth, he tweeted, "I'm a pro." Later that day, he repeated. Don't make me repeat myself. People are like, what? What are you? What exactly are you talking about? What should we not make you repeat? Yeah, maybe don't start with the with the first tweet, and then people won't ask you any questions. If you don't tweet it into the universe, it doesn't exist, Stefan. May 29th. I don't stress out. I poke my chest out, Stefan Diggs tweeted. Uh, then later that day, he said, weight on my shoulders, bring the best out. Oh, you see, it rhymed. He's, yes. He's a rapper. Uh, he said, got to get through it. Got to go through it to get through it. Like, it's all just... Ominous tweets, and we don't know what any of it 
any of it means. On June 1st, he tweeted, all weapons formed against me got a jam. What does that even mean, Stefan Diggs? What are we talking about here? And people have been asking that a lot when looking at his timeline at Stefan Diggs on Twitter. And if he wasn't somebody who had the history that he has with social media, again, not being afraid at all to put things on Front Street so everybody knows about it and can talk about it, then it wouldn't mean as much. But because of the bed that he has made several times in his career, when he tweets out cryptic things, people are going to automatically go to what what Rami's going to and what others went to. And so there's obviously something not right. And Diggs is crucial to the operation. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that guy is – Josh Allen does not want to lose – his his favorite receiver, okay? No quarterback does. And if Stephon Diggs is unhappy and doesn't show up, or if he's not giving you 100 every single time, then, yeah, that, that's going to be a big issue for this team. And I mentioned this yesterday, Rami. It feels like the Bills could take a step backwards this year. It feels like they might be reeling a little bit. There was the weird Leslie Frazier thing where, you know, he was their defensive guy, and then all of a sudden – uh, he unceremoniously walked. He it, took a leave of absence, right? And then, yeah, they, but, and then they announced in the offseason that it was permanent and he would not be rejoining the team. But then he's still like going around to NFL teams and, and kind of talking to them. So there's there's some confusion and mystery around the Frazier thing. Your star receiver had a conversation with your GM and head coach, and he obviously was not happy with that conversation and stayed away from camp today. You got the you got the quarterback coming out calling the team out for lack of communication. It, it's getting a little bit messy in Buffalo, and they've got to clean up this spill before it gets out of control and they kick off this season. I agree with you, and it seemed last year in in the uh, in their playoff loss and afterwards, it and again you sometimes can't really tell with Stephon Diggs, but it seemed like he was not really pleased with Josh Allen and the way he played in his decision making in that game. And if if there's I know Josh Allen is saying that's my brother and 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 trying to make everything okay, but if there's any kind of rift between Diggs and Allen, that could be a big big problem for the Bills, Nick. And and by the way, all this happened on the heels of Brian Dable leaving. I, I don't think you can you can necessarily rule that out as part of the reason that maybe that relationship isn't as good. Whether we're talking about the relationship between Diggs and and the organization or Diggs and Allen or just the the productivity and efficiency of that offense, I mean, you lose a guy as important to Josh Allen and that offense as Brian Dable is, and things can start to take a turn for the worse. Yeah, and they haven't necessarily been a great running the football team the last couple of years. It's been Josh Allen's cannon and Stephon Diggs doing a lot of the work. So, yeah, they've got to figure that thing out. I want to remind you that all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda is your one-stop Honda shop. Coming up, some of the best sound from Nikola Jokic. You don't want to miss this after winning his first title. So Nikola Jokic is obviously a great basketball player, multiple-time MVP. But he's also a pretty funny guy. And uh, some of it's tongue-in-cheek, right? A lot of it's like this dry humor. But he, he's a funny dude. Some of it is him not even trying to be funny. It's I like just- how you just drag the S out. So, so you didn't want to take check. a mic check? It was not a mic check. You're going until you pop the mic. And you didn't have to point that out. And Nobody could hear it. that except for you. I know. But you I, just let me be. I no know. rules are broken. I am responsible to to keep you 
accountable on your mic check. It was not a mic check, though, technically speaking. Okay, the, first, so then, the first sound to come out of my mouth, the mic was on for it, okay? I, I, I feel like we're splitting here. I, I feel like uh, this is a huge technicality that we're dealing with here. Either way, uh, Jokic is a funny dude. Uh, here he was last night at the podium. Great. Uh, but to be honest, I don't think about the next year. I'm going to ask the coach to, to give me a couple, week, a couple weeks more off uh, so I can, I can be ready for the season. Uh, that's supposed to be a joke, and you didn't laugh. <laughs> Good job, guys. That's supposed to be a joke, and you didn't laugh. That's always brutal. When you got to point out it was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm trying to be funny here. <laughs> the way he looked up to is like his puppy like, eyes. Nobody's like, gonna no laugh one. at yeah. this. Oh. I've seen that happen at open mics, by the way. So. Oh, <laughs> gonna, that's gonna be a rough. And one. they have to say that. No yeah. one, you guys can. Were they like? Um, were they like that? That was the punchline. Why is oh, there? Why isn't no. anybody laughing? That was better than you're giving it credit for. Why isn't everybody laughing in here right now? I'm not a stand-up comedian, <laughs> but I have to imagine that might not be the best way to handle it. No. Yeah. No, it's not. Just seems like a very <laughs> awkward thing to do. To point out your non-funniness. That was uh, supposed to be a joke. You're trying no, to be funny. Why is nobody laughing at my jokes? <laughs> so uh, everybody was kind of just, want- wait a minute. Is Jokic going to take a few... Is- what what's going on here? What's what's changing? This- that, I didn't catch that it was a joke. That seems like a reasonable thing. Like, hey, we had a long off season. I'm gonna need a couple weeks to yeah. recharge and be ready for next year. Yeah, could be reasonable, depending on you know how long we're talking here. Weeks, you can mess around with that a little bit. Uh, here was Jokic in the post game. There was a timeout in the third quarter when you guys are down, and you know you're slamming the chairs. You're you're yelling over there what were you so fired up about and how do you feel like uh your teammates and you guys responded after that i didn't slam the tr- i didn't slam the chair but i like how you make it bigger uh <laughs> yes i yelled, I, I yelled at them uh, because we were just shooting threes and i think it was like four and three we could just get a, a easy layup and just score the ball. I think in, in that situation, it means uh, a lot just to score a ball, especially if it's a low-scoring game. We didn't make shots. Uh, they didn't make shots. Uh, it was 90-something, 80-something game. Uh, I think the easy points are something that kills. And, uh, you know, in that situation, emotions, yes, I yell at them, but I think they're used to it. Sometimes I yell at them, sometimes I cheer them. So it's, that's part of the family and, and part of the team. I love how he says, "Hey, I like I like that you made it a bigger deal than you it was. You made it more than it was. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. I didn't slam any chairs, but thanks." He did again semantics. This goes back to my mic check and whether or not it was actually he slammed a towel down on the chair. I don't know if you can say he slammed the chair. It's definitely not slamming a chair. Slamming no. a towel is not slamming a chair. I mean, he slammed his hand into the chair with the towel. Still in. not slamming a chair. Okay. It's clearly not slamming a chair. Want, I'm not saying You know did. what slamming a chair is? When you take a chair and you slam the chair. That's slamming a chair. I took it to mean as like slamming his hand down on the chair. I thought that's with it, but who cares? Then the man should have asked about him punching the chair or slapping the chair. But he was just slamming his towel down on the chair, like throwing it down. Like, what are we doing here? That type of thing. Here is uh, here is Nicola with uh, Lisa Salters immediately following the game on the floor. And now you are an NBA champion, Nicola. How does that feel? It's good. It's good. <laughs> the job is done. We can go home now. <laughs> Congratulations. 
Yeah, it feels good. The job's done. I can go home now. <laughs> uh, Kyle Madsen, our friend, had that brilliant tweet that used that quote and was like, me after being in Vegas for exactly two days. And I can't. That sentiment yeah. really resonates with me. We came, we saw, we conquered. Now I'm going home. That's me all. That's me all the time. Like we had a good time. It's good. It's good. It's time to go home now. That two is hours. You. Two hours. That is the perfect Rami. Like all right, it's been fun. Time to go home. That's me at six o'clock every day. I'm like, good show, good show. It's time to go home now. I'm yeah. <laughs> time to move this thing forward. And uh, you know, the, the idea of going home was obviously prevalent to one Nikola Jokic last night in, in the middle of like you know a. a title celebration and everybody going bananas Jokic was he was thinking he was thinking how quickly can I get home how quickly can I get out of here here's more from Nicola you said after the Lakers win you said you were surprised that you didn't feel more so I'm curious what you are feeling right now and if you're looking forward to a parade coming up in Denver when is parade when is parade Thursday no I need to go home. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> parade? You didn't tell me about a parade. Now I'm going to stay here for a parade? When is parade? When is parade? It's like, no. When, when is parade? I have to go home. When is parade? It's Thursday. No. He's really not feeling it. It's so no. crazy. <laughs> this is the equivalent to when your boss goes, uh, hey, I need you to stick around a little late today. We're going to do team building exercises right. after the party. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I'd imagine I need the, to go home. I'd imagine the championship parade is a little bit more fun than that analogy. But Not for him. Off. Not oh, for yeah, him. True, true, true. Not everybody loves a parade. I've said before, the only good parade is a championship parade. Every other parade, terrible. He's just... <laughs> I love the fact that he was shocked that there was a parade to begin with. <laughs> when is parade? And then the fact that it wasn't like the next day. He's like, Thursday? Come on! Like, dude, yeah, I we gotta, gotta get home. I got horses, man. We got a parade to put together, Nicola. We, we got, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on logistically here. We can't just throw this thing together the, the next morning. He's like, huh. I'm not, I'm not having it. Uh, Nicola also visited NBA TV. Here was some of that conversation. Parade coming up here on Thursday. Yes. How soon till you're back in Sapporo? I need to. On Sundays, I have my horse racing. In the <laughs> horse racing. <laughs> I was going to get to that. The horse we'll racing. Get to that. Maybe. I don't know how we're going to arrive. Thursday parade. Friday maybe. Would you make I'm, it? I don't know. I'm maybe. Maybe ask, you can have I'm enough gonna, time to squeeze it in. I'm going to ask Josh to. Give me a, give me a, give me a plane. Oh, I think, I think you, I think yeah, he'll, he'll definitely let you get the team plane. I think you deserve I that. You deserve a little more than that. I did it on TV. I, I'm gonna finish by. Uh, by I put him under the pressure. Yes, put him under pressure. Yes, I did. Nicole, gonna, I don't feel bad at all. Oh my god, I'm his number one fan, by the way. I've been transformed since last night. They're like. uh Oh, you got your parade. No, no. All this dude is thinking about is getting back home to his horses. I got the horses on <laughs> Sunday. What are we doing here? Can we stop talking about this championship thing in a parade? Le- if he, like, if let's say he couldn't get the team plan, which I'm sure he will get the team owner's plan. Um, how long does it take to get to Serbia? Like, if he leaves Thursday or Friday, he won't be back in time for the horse race on Sunday? How many connections what between bring, here and Serbia? What if we bring the horses here for the parade? That would be... That? 
That would be amazing. Would everyone be that's happy an, with that? That's an undertaking. If you, but if, imagine Nick. <laughs> I think mean, just putting him on or the private plane he, is a little bit if easier. If he gets to ride a horse in the parade, oh, oh my god, Jack! What if you had horses pulling a float with the Jokic brothers on it? Oh my god, dude! Or his, gladiator style. His brother with the tats is the most intimidating human yeah. being that I've seen. He's just a tattoo. It's not a, a person. He's like he's like he's, 300, 280 pounds of pure muscle. He's an extra from John Wick. He's like <laughs> a scary looking individual, man. He's huge and scary looking. Uh, yeah. Jack G, YouTube, says that uh, Jokic is the type of dude that uh, does the parade over Zoom. They should, <laughs> they should have like this gigantic screen in Jokic's face from 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 his home, just like With his waving, horses. just waving Him at people. Him and his horses, just waving at people, just waving, sitting on a horse, just waving. Or why even bother him? Just make an AI version of him. Oh, let's not go. I got this AI stuff's like driving a, me nuts. A hologram. I'm I'm swatting away everything AI brought up to me. Uh-oh. I'm done. Was hologram Tupac ever brought to fruition? Yes, yeah. it was. Coachella. I saw a hologram Carrie Underwood in Virginia Beach. Okay, she's alive. Yeah, I know. Why don't we need a hologram because for? Brad Paisley, I think, is who it was. It was like she they do a song together, and she wasn't going to come out on the oh. tour, so he just and everybody thought she was there. I thought she was there live. Kelly had to be like, uh, it's a hologram. Huh. Carrie Underwood's here. We haven't seen more holograms. By the way, some other stuff. Jokic threw Jamal Murray in the team pool last night. There's video of that. It's fantastic. Was it just, are they huge or was that pool tiny? I was worried for their safety and well being. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. I, I don't think it's like an Olympic sized pool, but they're also it's like huge. an exercise pool. They almost didn't fit in it. I thought somebody was going to smack their head and it was going to be. I think it's one of those pools where you get you can tie yourself down and then you can do like you know your oh okay your gravity training right. in there. It's like yeah, a physical yeah, yeah. therapy. Pool. No yes. horsing around around the pool. Anybody oh teach God. these guys this? Aaron Gordon showed up outside the arena with just his shorts on, partying with fans. <laughs> that was something else. I wouldn't do that. Video of that too. I'm sorry, I wouldn't do that. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, an ESPN pundit is sky high on the Kings. Do we agree? Find out next. Cattles and Robbie. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports.